Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm coming at you this morning, all right? Is that all right? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, the last couple days, the Revival 2019, the experience that we've had in this building the last two days, as it's been open for prayer, like the whole time since the services started, it's been spectacular. God has begun to meet with his people and do an amazing thing. And I do want to invite you back out tonight. Tonight will be our final service in the three nights of our revival. And I'm, I'm preaching something tonight that I've never, ever, ever shared, not one time in my ministry. I cannot wait. In 27 years, something I, I've seen in scripture that I cannot wait to give you a word tonight. And, um, and we're going to look at that to this evening. And, and here's the thing about it. The last three days, the Lord's really been showing us that first night he took us into a place of response responsibility in the revival, that all of us have a responsibility to press into prayer, to press into that relationship with the Lord. Last night, Pastor Brantley spoke in the area of, of real repentance and sanctification and setting our hearts before the Lord as we should. And tonight, I believe God wants us to walk into receiving, amen? And so there's responsibility, there's repentance. And man, I think God wants you to walk in the stuff that he has, Amen. And so you come ready tonight to receive what the Lord has, and, and, and I just don't think there's any better way that we could have set up 2019 than the way the Lord has allowed us to, to, to just press into him. I've told you that this is a season for more, amen? Shout more. more. Oh, you don't even sound like you want more. Come on. Shout more. More. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's a season for more. I believe that's the word over this house for 2019. I believe it's the Lord's word over our house as we go into the future, that God wants us to be a place where we go after him. We want more of God, amen? We want more of just who he is and pressing into him. I believe that God wants us to do more for him, amen? I, I'm looking at a whole group of people. I don't see a lazy one amongst you, amen? And somebody's like, you ain't talking to my teenage son. <laughs> No, no, man, I think God wants to do more from us. He wants more, you know, for us to do for him. But also, I believe God, like I said, tonight God wants us to receive. He wants to do more for you, amen? I do, I believe that. And I think sometimes we, we feel like we come to God as beggars. Can I just tell you right now, you are not a beggar, you're a son, amen? Some of you need to hear that again. You're not a beggar, you're a son. Yeah, yeah, and tonight we're gonna learn a little bit what that looks like to walk in the hand of the Father, amen? And so I want you to shout something one time as we get started here. I want you to shout, pour out more, Lord. Say it one more time. Pour out more, Lord. That's what we want. That's what we want. Now, here's the thing. The last few weeks, we've been digging into 2 Kings chapter 4. Never thought that we would ever continue down that path from that scripture four weeks in. Just a simple scripture, but God just keeps bringing so much thought out of that. And to give you a little update, there was a woman in the scripture and her, her husband, life happened. You know, she met him, she married him. Um, next thing you know, she, he's called into ministry and he begins to do ministry. And, and when we see him in the scripture, they've had a couple sons, so they have some children. Life happens, right? Things are happening. And then when life happens, negative things happen too, right? It's not always positive, and we see the story that her husband passes away, and the problem with that is, in that culture, in that day and age, it was very difficult for that woman to continue on, and she became indebted, and so her debt accrues, and in the scripture, we find here that she has found herself in a deficit, and this narrative that we've been looking at, it shows the story of miraculous provision from God. And I think that's awesome because every one of us at times, we have found ourselves in a deficit and we need a miracle. But I want to say something. 
I want us to be a people that we don't go needing the miracle all the time. Okay, don't miss it here. How many know you've heard your pastor say so often that we are here to preach to people, we're here to reach the broke, busted, and? Yeah, you've heard me say that a couple times, once or twice, right? Why do I say that? Because I know people come through this door every Sunday in need of a miracle. I know people come in here, marriage is this close to being on the rocks, finances this close to being in bankruptcy. Um, 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 last night, they put their, their crack pipe down right before they put their head down on the pillow. And you're saying, really? Yeah, a group this size between these two services? Oh, yeah, pushing 500 people? I guarantee you. Amen? And we preach to that, and we love that. We love those people. Amen? How many know? We some of those people. <laughs> yeah. But I, the Lord's been laying on my heart that sometimes in ministry, we preach to the deficit and we, we, we create an environment where let's go for a miracle, go for a miracle, go for a miracle. And I want to create, I want to reverse engineer this. I want to look at this passage of scripture and go, God, I'm not waiting on my miracle to get my supply. Lord, I'm going to posture myself in a way that I can begin to walk in your flow. Amen. I'm going to walk in what you have for me. And maybe, maybe by doing so, I'll keep myself from needing some miracles. I mean, I know he's faithful when there's that need, but how many know God wants us to take, shout responsibility? Yeah, yeah, God wants us as a church to learn what it looks like to start to rise up as men and women of God and take some responsibility and take, here's a good word, take some authority, amen, for how we live our lives and in the name of Jesus, walk out in all that he has for us, amen? Give God some praise, amen. And I'm so glad he meets us at that place of brokenness, but too often we come from the place of brokenness, and that's where we start. That's just not where we should remain, amen? That place of brokenness, God, let that become the exception in our life, not the rule. Jesus, he, you know, you don't have to treat him like a, a stretcher, you know? And um, you don't have to treat him like that scapegoat. No, no, man, he is that victorious son of God, and he's invited you into a relationship to walk in that kind of victory. And so I love that. I love that we can walk, and he's there for us in brokenness, but he's there for us in victory as well. And so we're going to look at this story along those lines because I wanted to reveal to us today through Scripture what it looks like to walk more closely to God and, and, and more with responsibility so that we can move beyond that place of just always having to grasp, you know? And so open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 4. The first thing I want to say is this. Number one, a desire for more in your life, it will never be satisfied separate from its source. All right? A desire for more. Every one of us wants more. Some of us want more money. Some of you want more honey, you know? Some of you want more um, esteem. Some of you want more, um, 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 oh, um, uh, uh, influence, you know? We, we go through life wanting more, but so often that source, it doesn't lead to true more. It leads to something that looks like more, but it takes from us. A desire for more will never be satisfied separate from its source. 2 Kings 4.2, Elisha said to this woman, what shall I do for you? Tell me what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. This is what she had. This was her source. This is all I have is this jar of oil. And I just believe that, that when that prophet heard that, that unction in his heart from God was like, well, you know what? That's enough. Amen? That's just enough. That's the right supply. Oil's always the right supply. Amen? Throughout Scripture, what you'll see oil represent is the presence of God. 
You'll see oil representing symbolically the power of God that comes upon you. You'll see oil in this story representing the provision of God. How many in this room, you could do a little more with the presence, the power, and the provision of God? Amen, amen. That, that's what that oil represents. And so here's the thing. We recognize what the scripture is saying from a spiritual standpoint, that the Lord is our source. She said, I don't have anything except this oil. Well, that's enough. When the Lord is your source, when the Lord is that oil, when the Lord is that focus, when the Lord is that one that captivates your attention and captivates your heart, it's enough when the Lord is your source. Here's the problem, though. We don't see God as our source so often because we don't see God as our source. Can I say it again? We don't see God as our source because we don't see God as our, say, source. Does that make sense? If everything else is our supply, if everything else in the house will meet my need, if everything else in the house satisfies or we think it satisfies, then we don't go to that oil. And if we miss going to the oil, if we miss going to the source, I'll tell you right now, everything else that you have added into your life will fail you. Everything else that you've added in your life, it will not be the supply that will sustain you. Bible says that you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then everything else is supplied. It's him, it's him, he's the source. Shout, he's the source. And so we need to be able to have a heart to realize, why do we go to lesser things? Why do we create a capacity for lesser things when God is the source? I love what she said. She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Except a jar of oil. This is what she has. And the thought that the Lord gave me was this. There's an exclusivity that we have lost in our pursuit of more. Don't miss this. She said all she has is just this oil, nothing else except this oil, except this oil. There's an exclusivity that we have lost in our pursuit of more. We go chasing after more, but we add so many lesser things that we lose out in our pursuit of what really is more. We don't go after the source. We don't go after the things of God. We add so much other stuff to us. And what religion, what Christianity, what your relationship with Jesus starts to look like, it starts to look like an accessory. All right? Not a source, but an accessory. And this accessory is wonderful. I can, I can put this accessory on come Sunday. Put that on. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at that accessory. My God is a good God. Hallelujah. You know? Amen. I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Glory to God. You know? And then come Sunday, come Monday, it goes back in the box, and we haven't thought about the Lord. We haven't thought about our position with him. There's so many other things that grab our attention that we're not living in such a way that he is that oil. The only thing I have in my, guys, you know your pastor. I, I can't do anything that I've ever done except for the oil of God. Amen? I'm not a good enough speaker, you know? I'm not a good enough leader. But I'll tell you, after almost 27, it'll be in March, 27 years of ministry, God has never failed me. His anointing, his oil, his touch. Why? Because if I don't have him as a source, I don't have anything. Amen? I can't fake it till I make it, you know? Y'all will call me out on that anyhow, amen? And so here's the thing about this, this idea of an accessory. Our true source becomes an accessory, and we wonder why we don't have access 
to the oil. Don't let that miss, don't miss that. The true source, God, if he becomes just an accessory, we won't have access to the oil. Amen? He's not an accessory. I need thee, oh, I need thee, other, I come to thee. That, that, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need anything else. I need thee, amen? I need, I need, I need him. His word, his truth over my life, not the lie that my mother-in-law tells me about myself. <laughs> if you're watching, mom, I'm sorry, it's just true. No. <laughs> You need him. You need Jesus. Amen? Amen? You need him as the source, not as an accessory. If he's just an accessory, you will not have access. That's the first thing to understand. A desire for more will never be satisfied separate from its source. The second thing, number two, creating capacity takes effort. Amen? It takes work to create capacity. 2 Kings 4, verse 3, the prophet said to the woman, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, not too few. So he gave her something to do. And if she was going to create capacity for the oil of God to begin to flow, to meet her need, then she had to create some effort. There had to be some responsibility. That prophet didn't say, honey, you stay here in the house. I'll be right back. I'm going to go get some vessels for you. And I'm just going to tell you right now, as your pastor, I'm done getting vessels for you. Amen? Now, those that are coming in that are infants in the Lord, obviously, we're going to get some vessels and we're going to help you, all right? But those that are growing up, grow up already, <laughs> you know? Like, like, start to realize there's a responsibility that you have. You know, you've heard me say it before, people will say, well, I just wasn't raised around the things of God, so I just don't know how to act, don't know how to talk, don't know the word, because I wasn't raised. Well, how long have you been a Christian? 15 years. <laughs> you could have a doctorate in Jesus in 15 years. I don't even know what that looks like, you know? But you know it when you meet somebody that has a doctorate in Jesus. It's like, ooh, that person's got the oil of God on them. Amen? That person's got a touch on them. They're not braggadocious. It's just, it's just fact. It's just a matter of fact. And so creating capacity takes effort. She had to go out and she had to borrow this stuff. Another couple words for effort is this. One, work. That's a word for effort. It takes work. Second word that I'm going to drive home in our body this year is responsibility. It takes responsibility to create capacity in our lives. You've heard the story before of how you have two jars, and one jar is full of loose, small matter, and the other jar is full of some large rocks, and you try to put the large rocks in that small, loose matter, and it will not fit, but you put the rocks in first. You do the work to do the thing that you need to do first, and the capacity to receive the rest takes place. That's what I'm saying. Just do the work that it takes to walk after God. Do the work that it takes to create capacity to bring that vessel to the Lord for him to fill. It takes work to experience more of God. Does it? Well, yeah. How many? I'm going to tell you right now. The last two nights, it took work to have to come to a revival service. But I'll tell you right now, those two nights, we experienced the presence of God. Was it worth the work? Those people that were here, was it worth the work? Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, it took effort, though. It took work. It does. It takes work to wake up early to get into the Word of God. That creates capacity. It just doesn't happen natural. And nobody can do it for you. You have to go get the vessel. You have to go create the capacity. 
Amen? Those lesser things that take up so much space, you have to say, I'm setting that aside to go after the source. God. To do, more, um, to do more for God, rather. To do more for God takes work. You know, this morning in the first service, we baptized a young boy named Ethan. And before the service started, we were back with our baptismal candidates. And it was so neat. I always talk to our candidates. Pastor Brantley talks to them. But it was so neat today to see little Ethan sitting in a chair and Blake on his knees telling him how proud he was, explaining to him again what baptism means. Blake is his children's ministry worker. One of our amazing volunteers. And it takes work for Blake to dedicate the hours he dedicates to do ministry. It takes work, you know. And oh my word, I was so proud to see Blake doing that before Ethan and just leading him in the things of God. Let me say it this way. Dr. Blake. Amen. He's a doctor. But it takes work. And it takes effort. And he doesn't say, my life is so busy. My station is so... No, no, that kid is worth me sowing into. It takes work. And responsibility to do more for God. And I believe it takes responsibility to receive more of God. If we're going to be a church that engages more in God, for God, and, uh, and receive from him, it takes responsibility. And you may say, but pastor, I thought we were saved by grace. You are. But do you want to just stay a little grace-saved baby? Wow, aren't you cute? You're so adorable. Do you just want to, or do you want to grow into the mighty man of God that God sees you to be? Do you want to grow into the mighty woman of God that God sees you to be? I believe we need to grow, and that takes responsibility. So no, salvation comes by grace, but listen, there's a price to pay for the anointing. There is, there's a price to pay when it comes to moving in the anointing of God. That anointing, that touch, that special blessing from the Lord that comes upon us that maybe you can't articulate, but boy, you can sense it. You know it when you're experiencing it. And if you missed last Sunday's sermon, go back and listen to it because I give a little bit of understanding about what the anointing is in our lives. Watch what it says in 2 Kings 4, verse 3. He said, go outside and borrow vessels. Shout borrow. Borrow, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. We see here that he challenges her to go borrow vessels. All right, to borrow. These aren't things that she owns. These are things that she is borrowing. So often in our life, God has given us things, all right, and we act like we own those things. All right, let this sit on you. You act like what you have is yours. No, no, no. The breath in your lungs is borrowed. Amen. Your time is borrowed. Everything that we have is borrowed. It's, it's not ours. And that, I believe, is an issue that we have. We have to realize that even in Scripture, it teaches us, in a sense, we are borrowed vessels ourselves. If we don't act like borrowed vessels, we can't expect the anointing of God to be poured into us. Amen? We can't. If, if, if we act like owners and not like stewards, we will miss the flow of the anointing of God in our lives. Because owners will say, it's my time. Owners will say, it's my money. Owners will say, it's my gifting. Owners will say, it's my house. It's my this, it's my that, right? But those who realize that we've been bought with a price, we are not our own, the Bible says. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And those that understand that, they realize that, no, no, I'm just a borrowed vessel. That's all I am because it's his money and it's his strength and it's his time and it's his power and it's his, does that make sense? 
God said to her, go get the borrowed vessels. That's what he poured into. And guess what? I'm going to tell you right now, he's still pouring into borrowed vessels. Would you allow tonight to be a night to show up for revival and be a borrowed vessel? God, I don't know what you're going to do tonight, but I'm, I'm opening my heart to you for you to do whatever you want because it's your heart, not my heart. Amen? Amen. Listen to this. This idea of a borrowed vessel. In the first service, I wasn't going to say it, and it popped in my mind. I'm going to say it again. Um, fine china, all right, is a vessel. But, but it's not real functional. You know what I'm saying? Not about fine china. Actually, do you realize millennials, they're not getting geeked out about fine china, you know? Where's Adriana? There you are, sweetheart. Yeah, Joan and Adriana, when they got married, you probably weren't worrying too much about getting great-grandma's fine china passed down, you know? She's like, no, not at all. And I think the Lord showed me something with it. Watch this, okay? Fine china is not functional. Now, you take a really good crock of some sort, man, you can use the heck out of that thing. You know what I'm saying? All right? That's a different kind of vessel. Do you know why I think millennials are checking out a church? Because too many of the vessels in the church aren't functional. Amen? Amen? And millennials, are, they're not wanting us to be nice, neat, pristine things up on a shelf. They want us to be crock pots, you know, that God can pour in and pour out of. They want us to be borrowed vessels that the anointing comes, they can see it, they know it. Something that has been in the fire and came out of the fire. And you put it back in the fire and it'll be just fine. Why? Because it's functional. It's functional. Amen? Amen. Give God some praise. Amen. I got to drink some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, that's the thing I think that, that we need as a church is to realize, man, it's about responsibility, it's about function to do more for God, to engage more of God, and to be those who receive more from him, amen? About, about being responsible. And Pastor Brantley, man, he wrote a blog at the beginning of the week, and it was so good, his blog, and it, it was about the idea that God wants us to be shallow, and he was encouraging us to be shallow, just that idea that, that this flow would happen, that, that God would start to pour in us, and we'd be shallow enough that it would just start to pour back out of us. Amen? And so God wants you to be a vessel, creating that capacity. It takes effort to do that. But the third thing is this. God's outpouring is tied to your faithfulness to pour. Okay? His outpouring is tied to your faithfulness to pour. There has to be a sense of surrender because our source is tied to our surrender. And as we surrender to him, as we realize he is the one that's in leadership, he's the owner, I'm just a borrowed vessel, then it positions ourselves for him to pour into us. But if he's going to pour into us, we have to be a people to let him pour through us. Let me say it one more time, then we're going to look at the scripture. Turn your Bibles, 1 Kings 4, 4 through 6. God's outpouring is tied to your faithfulness to pour. It says, go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went in from him, and she shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, say, as she poured. As she poured. Do you see that? As she's pouring. Not waiting to be full, as she's pouring pouring, they brought another vessel to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's no more vessels, you know? So once the capacity stopped to receive and to be poured back out, once that happened, it stopped pouring. God doesn't need to keep pouring to you if you won't let him pour through you. Why would God pour into us if he is not permitted to pour through us? Let me make it a little bit more direct. Why would God pour into you if he's not permitted to pour through you, 
Makes no sense. You know, God's starting to bring us businessmen. I love that. From a business standpoint, does that make sense? From an ROI standpoint, rate of investment, does that make sense? No, not one bit. No. God's wanting us to create capacity. So as he pours, we pour. We continue to move in what he has us to move. And so we, the reason why it's so important to understand this is because we are his hands. You are the only body in the earth, that's it, that he has. And we say we want more of God and more from God and more for God, but we've got to be a people that say, okay, God, pour more. If we want all that, pour more, God. And as you pour, like Pastor Brantley's blog said, I'll have a capacity that is a shallow capacity. As it comes in, it'll go right back out. It'll go right back out. Too often we think, well, my gifting's not enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough whatever it is. And we make excuse for our vessel. It's all right. God doesn't want you deep. He wants you shallow. He wants it pouring in and pouring out, pouring in and pouring out. Isn't that good? Amen. Watch what it says in Acts 10, 38 about our Jesus. It says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now watch this. He anointed him, and then what happened? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The moment Jesus was anointed, say anointed. Anointed. The oil, if you will, was poured on. The oil, if you will, was poured in. As soon as that happened, he began to go and do good. He went about doing good and healing right then in that moment. So what we can receive from that is this. When you get anointed, you will go about doing. Amen? You'll go about doing. The problem with us as believers so often, there's a lot of believing, but all too often little doing. And we wonder why we don't see the anointing. Here's the way this works. I love this. Have you ever prayed for somebody and you were nervous? Maybe it was your first time. Anybody raise your hand? First time you ever prayed for somebody. You were, you were so nervous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're all, you know, spilkus. You're like, you're like needles in your stomach. It's just like, ah, you know? And you're all worked up. And you start to pray. And oh my word, you didn't know you knew scripture till you started to pray. You know? You didn't even know it was in there. And you were so afraid. And then you start to, you, you were like, Jesus... And ask that you would just, and the next thing you know, I just want to come to you right now and, 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 and ask that you would just, and the next thing you know, you're just like, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And the word says, and you start to speak life and wholeness. And, and this person's going through a situation where they need peace. And your word says to be anxious for nothing, but with all prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And you're like, I didn't even know I knew that scripture. Where'd that come from? Came down on the inside. God had already started pouring if you just start to pour. And as soon as you started pouring, it started to come. Is that cool? Do you see why you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Man, as soon as you start to pour, he comes with that strength. Starts to come with that ability. Love it. So there's a lot of believing, but often too little doing. And it's just because we're afraid. Don't be afraid. Pour. It's time the church of Jesus Christ rises up, embracing the responsibility of being his body in the earth. God wants to pour, and he's going to pour through you. He has no other vessels to pour through. You know that? I don't want Momentum Church to grow so we can say, look at the size we are. The church we pastored in Ohio, I can remember saying to them when we started breaking that thousand mark. You know, I was like, guys, God did not call us to be a thousand people, which was a big deal 20 years ago. God didn't call us to be a thousand people so we could look around and say, ooh, look how big we are. 
No, he called us to be that many people to go out into a world and pour, go out in a world and make a difference. And I'm seeing that with you. This church is growing. God bless you guys for coming and bringing friends and lives are being touched and changed. Think what you can do if you'll just pour. Not just on campus, church, serve here. Yes, please, serve here. But wherever you go, just pour. Where's Ciara? Ciara, honey, how how you doing? Ciara, I love one of the ways she's pouring right now is a, a small business entrepreneurial coaching network that she's a part of in south of the city. And she's sewing into young entrepreneurs. She's just pouring into them, just pouring. Well, pastor, that just seems kind of like not spiritual. No, no, it's not until it is. Is that how spiritual things should work? I'm telling you, you get weird. Ciara, honey, you go there and you're like, I'm gonna tell you how to improve your business. Shop, up, 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 up. You start speaking in tongues. They're like, I'm leaving, you know. Unless you're teaching some sort of linguistics, I'm out of here. Uh, but no, the anointing's already inside of you. And you begin to sew in. And next thing you know, it gets spiritual. One of them, one of them young ladies or young men, they're going to hit a wall. And you're going to be able to show them, man, no source, no supplies enough for you to walk in more. Because our source is Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Ooh. Ooh. So we're his body, people. His body here on the earth. That means we're his hands. So we better create capacity to do for him. Amen. We're his body here in the earth. That means we're his feet. So we better create capacity to go where he tells us to go. We're his body in the earth. That means his body, his stuff, his money's in our wallet. Just being honest. So we better create a capacity to give. So easy to hit on that giving thing. But I do love what Malachi says in chapter 4, verse 10. It says to bring your tithes to the storehouse so there can be room enough in the barns. You know, that takes care of the provision of, of people. But watch what it says. It says, and try me in this, test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not open the heavens and pour impossible and pour out upon you more than you ever dreamed possible. The idea of pouring. Why? In partnership, pouring comes. Creating capacity, going to him as our source, realizing that he will pour as we pour, that's what allows us to move in more. And it's not something for us to be selfish in. It's something so the body of Christ, Jesus himself, can be lifted up and draw all men to him so that people can see who Jesus is, so that lives can be changed. Catch this, and I'm done. I'm out of here. Lives changed are tied to your faithfulness to pour. Do you know that? Captive set free? Yes, Jesus does it, but he does it through his church. He does it through you. Captive set free, it's tied to your faithfulness to pour. Amen? Can you see how the first week of the sermon, I said, this isn't just a bless me kind of more. Just gimme, gimme, bless me. No, no, no. This is a responsibility to move in more. Watch what it says in 2 Kings 4, 7. That woman came and told the man of God about these vessels being full. And he said to her, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on the rest. Listen, there's a world full of debtors that need the love of Jesus. There's a world that needs what God has to offer. He just can't offer it through anybody but his body. He can't offer it through anybody but his church. And we've got to be a people that are committed to saying, God, I'll be faithful to poor. Amen? And as we do that, we see what God does next. Lives are changed these lives of these sons got to live on the rest of their lives. God provided, took them out of debt. I don't know what God's going to do as you pour. Amen? Can you give God some praise?
Katzhockel. I'm going to ask you one thing. I want you to be back next Sunday. Rarely, rarely, rarely do I say it. Now, at the beginning of the season, out series, I was very much like, I want you here. These weeks are so important. But next Sunday, February 3rd, I'm closing this series out. I've got some special announcements that you don't want to miss. And um, will you look around your family here? This is your family. Amen. And I just want the family, I want us to be in this building next February, February 3rd, next week. And I'm just for what the Lord is going to speak to us, because we have all this about more. And now what does it look like as we move into that more? And we've got some really neat announcements you don't want to miss next week. Amen. Father, I'm going to just pray a blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, your people that have gathered here today, Lord God, allow them this week to walk in more. And Lord, as they walk in more, let it be so evident, that oil upon their lives, that friends and family will be able to say there's something different going on in your life. And they'll be able to point to the source, to the source that you are. Lord, allow us to be people that live surrendered lives so that we can tap into the source that you are. Allow us to be people that surrender our times, our agendas, our finances, whatever it is that we are borrowed vessels in your hand. You pour, and we will be faithful to pour. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.